Voilà. On parle français aussi en Algérie. Well, Algeria, like I said, this way. The French invited themselves and came and stayed with us for 130 years. Since 1830 to 1962, so we also speak French. But anyhow, thank you so much, Brother Rick and Pastor Rick, for having me here with you this morning with my wife. He, T. And her name, it means in, 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 in English, it's Chinese name, means grace and wisdom. So this is what I need. See, we are here also with our second daughter, Lydia. I wonder where she is, but anyhow, she's somewhere. And uh, yeah, she's here. And uh, thank you for having us. And I have said this morning, you know, I plan my year, or our year, as my wife always correct me, in September. And I do spend a lot of time in prayer, asking God to lead and guide and to open doors. And I am deeply convinced, my friends, that God has brought us here this morning to be with you, because he wants us to be here not because of any human plan. I would like to encourage you today that God is in the move. Hallelujah. 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 Well, God is in the move. And it's amazing, my friends, today, God is in the move in the Muslim world. Incredible things happening today. I would love really to recommend for you our brochure. I don't have time to, read, to share my story, how I came to faith. But this is our brochure. Please pick one and uh, read it. I came to faith back in 1980 in Sweden. And God has even used the Lutherans. You know, sometimes God can use only the Baptists or whatever. God also in his mercy has chosen the Lutheran in my life. And it's amazing, when I came to faith, I went with OM to reach out to my own people in France, and there where God called me to go back, to Algeria. And in his, by amazing his grace and his enabling wisdom, today we have 10 different ministries in Algeria. We have uh, TV programs, I do preach a lot on the TV, by the way. We have Timothy schools, we have follow-up and church planting, and to God be the glory, we have a team of 64 nationals, one couple from France working with us. And just imagine, just the Swedish people, the Swedish people back in 1977, they decided to step a step of faith, overcome all the prejudice and whatsoever, and talking about Jesus. And I am deeply convinced the Church of Jesus Christ in the West they have missed a lot, a lot of opportunities and still missing. Many Muslims are here in Canada, in America and everywhere. Why they didn't have a chance to hear about Jesus? My brothers and sisters, we were in uh, Dubai in November, if I remember well, and when we were there, a brother who was working with him, working with our team, uh, with OM, and he told us, 
the last six months, November before six months, he said in Saudi Arabia, around 120,000 Saudis downloaded the Bible from the internet. Hallelujah. God is in the move. Today there are churches in Saudi Arabia. Muslim converts. I have no single doubt that one day Mecca and Medina will be full of churches. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will build my church. He didn't say this is I will build it only in Canada or America or whatever. He said, I will build it. And he is building his church. Today, thousands and thousands of Muslims are coming to faith. God has arise, godly men and women, amazing wisdom from above, are preaching to the Muslims. There are around 10 different TV stations broadcasting 24 a day to the Arab world and to the Muslim world 24 hours a day. One of the brothers whom I call the atomic bomb, Father Zakaria, as a friend, I believe he is the most effective missionary amongst Muslims since Muhammad existed. Thousands coming to faith. All kinds of Muslims. Well, the Muslims are offering for his head $60 million. In case if you have any financial crisis, I know where he lives, by the way. I told him a few years ago, I say, why well, we don't make a deal? You know, we can make a deal. You are in your late 70s, there's not much left. Anyhow, excuse me. <laughs> and I, we said to him, you know, we can hand it over to you as Muslims. We give 30 million to your family and we take 30 million to the ministry. And he looked at it and he said, well, do you think I am worth 60 millions? But I want to assure you, my friends, they are willing and they have the funds to offer whatever they can to stop Muslims to come to faith. But one thing they cannot stop is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit does not need a visa. <laughs> The Holy Spirit penetrates to the homes, in the towns, in the villages, in the remote places, and is reaching people for Jesus. We baptized a brother a few years ago at the House of Hope in Algeria, in Oran. And actually that brother, he has been Christian for 40 years, never ever met Christians in Algeria. Never had a Bible. I wonder if he can survive for 40 years holding on Jesus walking with him day and day without any fellowship with the brothers and sisters, without any church. God saved him and God kept him. My friends, God is doing something totally unique. I have a little question for you. Do you happen to know that God now is your cell phone numbers? 
how many of you think that God, he knows your same number? How many? Well, it's not bad in this church, but some are hesitant, you know, they are not sure. I have incredible stories about the same number. Today in Algeria, God, in his amazing revelation, he is revealing to the Muslims the same numbers of the Christians at night and tell them to phone those people. Hallelujah. You know, if you come to visit us in our country, and you be in a church where hundreds percent are Muslims, came to faith. You hear stories. I want to assure you, my brothers and sisters, you will not come back the same to this church. Your faith will be revolutionized. You will have a revelation in your faith. Excuse my English. I trust the Holy Spirit to accomplish what I cannot accomplish with my English. It is an exciting time. It wasn't like this before. When the missionaries came to Algeria back in 1880 and 1830, no, I say 1881, some they stayed 40 years without seeing one single convert. Can you believe it? Sending a missionary from here, coming back 40 years, giving you a report about their missionary faith, and they will tell you, we have not seen anyone who came to faith. My brothers and sisters, those are my heroes of the faith. I visit them, so are too old. I visit them. I couldn't understand how they survived. 40 years, hard labor, praying, fasting, crying. Some of the kids, you know, the children, they were died there. But they stayed. Believe that one day God is going to build his church. And today, my brothers and sisters, we have over than 100,000 Muslim converts in our churches. God is able, and nothing is too hard for thee. Well, as I have shared this morning, you know sometimes we get confused. I wonder about your experiences with God when you hear his voice. But sometimes you feel confused. Is it from him? Or was it from him? Or from myself, from my wife, my husband, my church, my friends? And we get confused. And we want to have very clear direction. But often we try to find good excuses to God to refuse to hear and obey his voice. You know, in God's eyes, there is no small ministry and big ministry. None. It's all the same. Whatever God has called you to do for him is important. He will judge you and judge me how faithful we are and we will be once we are called to heaven. If God called you, whatever, here to you in church, church, I really believe that God wants to use you and you are very much needed. 
It's amazing you know, when you look at the Gospel of John, and of course the Gospels, the four Gospels, and you see from chapter, from chapter 5 onwards, Jesus created a lot of confusion when he was on earth. And it's amazing you know, in chapter 5 and verse 8, it says Jesus healed the crippled, paralyzed man on the Sabbath. And that was very confusing. Culturally, religiously, was not appropriate to do that. It was a Sabbath, but he, he healed the crippled man who was paralyzed. In chapter 6, Jesus fed, fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fishes. Never, ever happened before. But Jesus, he was on earth, and he was performing miracles, and people around him, they were confused. Who is or who was this man? It's amazing in chapter 6, verse 53 to 58, Jesus said he was sent by the Father. They have never heard that God is the Father. God is Jehovah. But then suddenly, Jesus, he told them that he was sent by the Father. People got confused. But then he said to them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have no life in me. Didn't understand, didn't understand what he, was, what he meant. And they were so confused. Verse 60, chapter 7, it says, many of his disciples left him because his teaching, he was hard. They couldn't take it. They are not used to this kind. Of, they were not used to that kind of teaching, and they left him because it was so hard. In chapter seven, verse five, for even his own brothers left him and did not believe in him. Can you imagine? They were confused. Even his own brother, they left him, and they couldn't, you know, follow him. The crowd said to him, you are a demon-possessed. A lot of confusion. Many in the crowd put their faith in him, but Jesus made a public statement in John chapter 7 and verse 37 and 38. Look what he says. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And that was very confusing. But... It wasn't just in the Old Testament people were confused, but in the Old Testament, many prophets also, they were, they were confused. And they tried to find very good excuses to God, to explain to God that he has made the wrong choice, or maybe he, he's, he has called the wrong people. And it's amazing, when you look at the life of Jeremiah, chapter 1, Jeremiah, he said to God, when he called him, he said to him, I am only a child, by the way. And uh, I don't know how to speak. 
I am afraid, fearful. He said to God, well, excuse me, if you really want to call someone, call someone who's a bit maybe mature, who knows how to speak, and he's courageous. I am a little child, fearful, don't know how to speak. You know, my brothers and sisters, today many Christians are afraid to fail, and they never start to serve Jesus or to do what God has called them. Many. Afraid to be rejected. If I try, I will, I will fail. How my brothers and sisters will receive me? And they try to find all kinds of excuses to help and to, to tell God we are not fit for what you have called us to do. God did not accept his excuses. And he equipped him for the task he has for him. And God, he said to him, before you were formed in the womb of your mother, I know you and I set you apart for me. I know you well. Don't worry. Don't try to find good excuses for me because I know who I am and I know what I am doing. And it's incredible what God has done through Jeremiah. Persevered, suffered for his calling, incredible suffering, but yet he remained faithful to what God has called him to do. So God did not accept his excuses, but God, excuse, but God has used him. He was another one. Moses. Moses, actually, he said to God, Oh, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I don't know how to speak, how I teach, how I speak to these people. And then, of course, when God has called him to go to Egypt to Pharaoh and rescue his people from the slavery to the promised land, he said to God exactly, who am I? Have you ever said to God, who am I to do this task? Well, I want to assure you, you are not the only one. Moses, he said the same to God. He said to him, well, excuse me, God, maybe you don't know about this Pharaoh. I lived in his palace for 40 years, and I know who I'm talking to. He's so powerful, so mighty, how can I face him? Who am I to go? Humanly speaking, it was logic. But God, he knew his weaknesses. He gave him the road. He sent to him his arm to be his spokesman. And we know the end of the story. What God has done through Moses. Incredible things. And then, it's amazing, in chapter 4, verse 13, Moses said to God, Oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it. Have you ever said to God, please send someone else or call someone else? Not me. Well, this is exactly what Moses said to God. He said to him, go and ask someone else. I am not fit for what we have called me to do. He was an incredible man. He's called Gideon. In the book of Judges, Judges, chapter 6 and verse 11 to verse 16, 
He was a man who was full of fear, so scared. And it says, actually, because of his fear, he was so afraid from, him, from, the, from his enemies, the Midianites, and he was hiding in a wine press and threshing wheat. And then the angel appeared to him, and he said to him, Mighty warrior. Can you imagine somebody who was full of fear? God said to him, you are mighty warrior. But it's incredible. With Gideon, he said to him, by the way, God, my claim is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least. I am the youngest. Culturally, it was not appropriate. You must call my older brother. I am so young, so weak. I am not fit to the task that you have called me. But it's amazing the end of the story. It says that Gideon, with his army, they have defeated their enemies. And the land has enjoyed peace for 40 years. God said to him, go with the strength you have, and I will give you what you don't have. And that's exactly, I can tell you my life story, my wife's story, many other missionaries, and even your pastors, I'm sure, and many others here. We give to God what we have. I say, Lord, here I am. I am weak. I cannot do the task. Please give me what I don't have. And God is faithful. When he calls you to the task that he has for you, he will enable you, he will equip you, and he will use you. But one thing is sure, he will never ever accept your excuses or mine. And you can look at Jonah's life and so many others that God has used them in spite of trying to find all kinds of excuses. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, it says, God chose the weak to confront and shame the strong. It's amazing, my brothers and sisters. We have many people coming to visit our churches in Algeria. By the way, I have seen many miracles in Algeria. Every day you can write a book of what God is doing in Algeria. One of the biggest miracles I have seen in Algeria, I have seen Presbyterian pastors dancing in our churches. <laughs> if you have seen Presbyterian dancing, it must be from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and he tell me, don't tell others. I said, no, don't worry, keep on dancing. The Holy Spirit there is so powerful. And when they come and visit our churches, they are, you know, they are young men and women. You know, they come from Islam, no background. No Christian heritage, no facilities, no libraries, no Bibles, no whatsoever. But they have faith. You know, you can teach us a lot. But in our churches, you find only three things. Faith, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. We have no traditions. I will show you DVD later on. You see how we worship Jesus. But anyhow, and I believe if you have... Faith in God, believing in the Bible as it is, from the first letter to the last one, 
and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you, you do not need anything else. Absolutely not. I'm amazed, totally amazed, my brothers and sisters, because now I can see what God is doing in Algeria and amongst Muslims. Our churches, believe me, where the revival is taking place, is totally, they are totally packed. You will never, ever, you can mark my word and come to visit us, find the seat empty. People sitting everywhere. Sometimes when I go to preach, I have the worship group sitting around me because they have no place to sit. By the way, Pastor Rick, if you don't need the spews, I see quite a few of them empty. I can take them with me to Algeria. <laughs> we need them there. We have no space. You know, our problem today is not how to win Muslims to Jesus. Our main problem how to where to put them. How to disciple them, how to train them, how to equip them. My God, give your church our problems. Men of faith. The Algerian church has decided to overcome fear. And I want to assure you, my friend, when the church of Jesus Christ in the Muslim world overcome fear, you will see amazing blessings. I have many heroes of the faith. One of them by the name of Krimo. By the way, we have a law in Algeria. If you witness to Muslims, if you shake their faith, as they say, you might end up in prison for four years. We have many, many court cases, including myself. But the church refused to obey man's law, and we obey God's law. Krimo, he came to faith, his long story, but one day he was caught by the police. Witnessing, giving trucks, giving cities, giving, giving, you know, uh, DVDs. And he was called by the police, and actually they took him from the small police station to the biggest one in, in that city. And he told me, between the small police station to the biggest one, he managed to witness to 16 policemen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The blessings of persecution. By the way, the police stations has become one of my best preaching places. They put him in prison. And when I know Krimo, he was not a wise man. But when he was in prison, God gave him wisdom. And Krimo, he started to tell parables to the prisoners. And the prisoners, you know, they are there, they have nothing to do. They love to hear him. And he tells the story after the story, and then he preached to them, Jesus. And they get you know, a big discussion. Somebody said, yeah, yeah, he's right. Somebody said, no, 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 no. And then problems. And the police, they were so mad about him. They said they couldn't keep him quite outside and couldn't keep him inside, quite inside. They took him, put him in a cell by himself. And Krimo, he's crazy for Jesus. He opened the window of his cell and he said, Muhammad, open, open the window, open, open. And the prisoners, they opened their windows, and he preached to them from his cell. <laughs> my God bless you with many crimos, my friends. We have all kinds of excuses if I want to find excuses not to serve Jesus. But I am deeply convinced God will never accept your or my excuses. Many missionaries came to Algeria. One of them is by the name of Charles Marsh, and actually Charles Marsh, he was the worst in his school. 
in his class in England learning languages back in the 40s. When God called him to come to Algeria, I mean, he was very bad in linguistics. linguistics. And humanly speaking, you say, well, God should call someone at least who? He was very good, clever in linguistics. And when God called him to the Kabylie people, to the Berbers, and God helped him to learn three languages. Kabylie language, Berber, Arabic, and French. Amazing. God gave him the grace that he needs. And he can give you the grace, can give you the grace, what I need and you need when he calls us. You know, in Jeremiah, God, he transformed the personality of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 18. God said to Jeremiah, Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its official, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, you declares the Lord. If God is with us, who can be against us? It's a matter of faith. Samuel, he said to, to God, speak, for your servant is listening. Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Philippians 4, verse 13, I can do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthened me and you. My brothers and sisters, whatever situation you are, I want to assure you, God will never accept your excuses or my excuses. Whatever task God has asked you to do. You have been struggling for days, weeks, months, years. Many came to me this morning and confessed. They tried to equip, to, 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 to stop. But somehow God spoke to their hearts. God, he will ask you, give me what you have, and I will give what you what you don't have. His grace is sufficient. And he chose the weak to confront the strong. Let us pray. I will pray that God somehow will challenge each one of us. My brothers and sisters, I am standing here to recommend my life to Jesus, to the task that he has given to me and to us as a family and a team. Maybe you felt that God has spoken to your heart today. You have been trying to find all kinds of, of excuses to God. Whatever task he asks you to do, there is no small or big task. There is no small and big ministry. In God's eyes, it's all the same. And you have been struggling all these months or weeks or years, and today you want to say to Jesus, Lord, forgive me. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Help me, God, to hear your voice and to obey it. Take my fears, my weaknesses. Help me, Jesus, to step a step of faith, to hear and obey your voice. If it is your decision today, 
and you went to make stand before God. Please stand wherever you are, and I will pray for you. There is no need to be shy or ashamed. We all fail. God is merciful and just. His love is everlasting. He will never change towards you or towards me. He will renew his commitment with you. Take you as you are and work in you and through you to do mighty things. Please feel free to stand wherever you are, and I will pray. There is no need to be shy or ashamed. I am standing here, believe me, before you and before God to recommend my life to Jesus and try to avoid excuses when he calls me to do tasks that sometimes is an impossible task. Please feel free. Stand wherever you are, and I will pray for you. Hallelujah. I am deeply convinced there are more here. Means to stand. You are not doing it for anybody else. You are doing it between you and God alone. I am deeply convinced God is going to bless the step of faith that you are going to take. You will experience a new blessing, a new touch with God as you step a step of faith to obey and follow him. There are more others here. Please feel free. This is your opportunity. There is no, no need to be shy or whatever. Our God is an everlasting God. His love is everlasting. He loves us exactly as we are. Your church needs you. Your community needs you. Your land needs you. The world needs you. Whatever task God has called you to do, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you all the time to the end of the age. More others. Please feel free as I'm going to pray now. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you so much for the power of your words. Thank you because you have said that your words will never, ever return to you void. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. May you pour your spirit right now into this church. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. May you pour your spirit in all my brothers and sisters that they have made the decision today to stand, to recommit their lives to hear and obey your voice. I ask Jesus that you will surround them with your love. Lord, strengthen their inner, inner man. Give them, Lord, the joy to hear, obey, and follow you wherever you want them to go. Father, I thank you so much for your wonderful love for us. Thank you because you are showing to us today that nothing is too hard for thee, even the Muslims. And I pray in Jesus' name, may you fill this church with your Holy Spirit. May you fill this church with your presence. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, may you shine in each one here and shine through them, Lord, wherever they are. Lord, I pray that this church will become a true salt and light in this community, in this country, and beyond this country. Thank you, Jesus, because you are God, that there is no one like you. Lord, I command all this in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Please be seated. I'd like to encourage you to pick one of these, and please read them. Thank you. God bless you.
When Jesus decides to add to his church, all the strong strength of hell cannot stop him. And we are grateful to hear this message. Thank you, Pastor Yosef and Tihi and Lydia for being here with us today. Uh, this was truly God's message to us, that we need to have no excuses. We need to do what God wants us to do, and we need to take the message of the gospel and not be afraid, and we need to see God fill this church to overflowing with people who were once lost but are now saved. Let's pray to that end. Our Father and our God, we thank you for this great day together. And we thank you for your presence among us. Thank you, Father, uh, for the, uh, the message that was brought to us. It is your word to us today. This was an appointment that you had arranged for us to hear. And I pray and thank you for uh, uh, the lives that you've touched, the strength that you've given, the encouragement, Lord, that you have uh, given to all of us to recognize that who you call, you will resource, you will strengthen. Uh, Father, we thank you that uh, you are so good to us. In spite of being people who look at our circumstances and look at our weaknesses and make excuses, by your grace, you stubbornly uh, proceed and call us and move us to serve you. And Lord, we thank you for that. We love you for that. And I pray, Lord, that we would um, have a boldness about us knowing that that uh, what we are about, the mission of Jesus Christ, comes with all the power and authority of the God of the universe. And I pray, Lord, that we might uh, recognize that we are energized by that reality of, of the living God. Bless Pastor Yosef and his family and the ministry of Algeria. How grateful we are to hear of the pouring out of God's spirit in that land and to hearing these people being rescued and brought into the church of Jesus Christ and then, then reaching out. Lord, I pray that many, many more people will come to know Christ in North Africa, that there might be a great revival of Christianity, push back the darkness, and that that, that whole hemisphere, the whole area of geography might be reclaimed for Jesus Christ, I pray, in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen and amen.